Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast, Season 6, Episode 31. In today's episode, I'm going to read part two of Cornelius the Goat and again, just share my day-to-day learning with you. I don't know. I, I'm i still half asleep, to be honest. I got up and I was like, oh, I got to go record the podcast. And um, I've been sort of just surviving the last week. Um, I did catch a cold and then... I lost my voice and you can still sort of hear it. And so trying to teach last week while not having a voice is, um, it was pretty challenging to be honest. You know, it was like, I can't really talk. And so uh, it happens every year. Um, I forgot how quickly this can happen to me, but usually the first, excuse me, usually the first um, two, three weeks of school. I lose my voice. So yeah, that was not fun, but now I can talk again. Uh, I didn't realize how much I'd love to talk until um, I can't talk anymore. And then I'm like, hey, I really do love to talk. So um, there's that, uh, I guess. I don't know. It's like the school year starts and I just sort of survive week by week. And you just kind of go like, okay, these are the things you have to do this week and this is what's happening. And then like, I can only focus on that because then if I start thinking what I'm doing three weeks from now, it like becomes really overwhelming for me. And so <laughs> just kind of taking it day by day, week by week. Um, but it's going well. I mean, I really, I wrote in my last um, newsletter about how the kids have been reacting to this little stuffed animal that I brought to work with me. Um, It's a sloth. And I, of course, named it Sally after the character that I wrote. And uh, I just, it's so much fun. And I don't know what other word to use to describe what happens when you work with kids, but it's so much fun to see how they can just take an idea and run with it and how easy it is for them to kind of play into this idea that, yeah, having a tiny little sloth that I keep in my fanny pack that I take out to like speak in English when I don't want to speak in English and I want to stay in the target language or when someone's freaking out and they need like a calming tool, you know, like it just how easy it is for them to be like, oh, that makes sense. I can use this little sloth to make my life better, to make this fun to make it exciting and it's just like I they all have been loving it it's so funny to me um even like the older kids are just like oh Sally you know like I'll take out Sally the sloth or I'll be walking around the hallway you know getting a group or going to the bathroom and I'll see a kid in the hallway and they'll be like hola Miss Maria hola Sally like they just have been really excited about this tiny little sloth and it gives me a glimpse of what these characters could be, right? Like um, if we were to really take these characters and bring them to life and 
in some sort of way. I don't know how that would look like, but it really makes me see how it could be of kids just really understand this concept of using our creative minds to make our lives better. They just run with it. There's not this apprehension that adults usually feel. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I love working with kids because if I have an idea or they have an idea, it's just so much fun to run with it and to not feel restricted by society and all the things that we take in uh, by the time we're adults. So um, yeah, I just thought I'd share that. And so if you're a parent or you're a teacher and you're like, oh, this is really hard or it's just it sucks sometimes, you know, we all think that's fine. I guess the question could be, how can you make it more fun for yourself? Not for the kid, not for the class, like for you, like what can you do to make it fun for you? And that just kind of spreads like wildfire. That's a horrible expression. That just spreads quickly, I guess. Um, because I think kids can really pick up on that. Like when you think something is fun or you're excited and you kind of turn on that part of your brain, that's like a little, I don't know, radar that the kids pick up on. They're like, oh, this is fun, you know? Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. I carry this tiny little sloth. It's like a little rattle. I think my mom got it for the kids. I think she got like a, a bigger one for my older kid and then this tiny little baby one for my youngest. Oh my god! Excuse me, I cannot stop yawning. Um, and so it's like a super random thing that I grabbed. I was trying to find a puppet, and then I couldn't find one. And I'm like, I'll just take this little sloth. And um, when I grabbed it to take to school, I really thought about, man, that'd be so cool if I could like have my little characters. That I physically, I mean, I already have like the little cardboard cutouts, but like a little stuffed animal. I could just take it around with me and whenever I'm feeling a certain way, I could just grab that character and like give them the attention and love that they need. And so um, that's kind of what I do with Sally. I'm like, all right, Sally, you're going to be a reminder for me to slow down, to stay true to myself, to do things that are natural to me and to not try to do the things um, because other people expect them of me, especially as an educator, right? Like I think that's one of the reasons why we are who we are like why teachers have that sort of like the art behind teaching is just showing up as who you are and I think kids can really feel that and so um that's kind of the subconscious reason why I took Sally and the conscious reason was like oh it's going to be a language tool and it is and it works great but also it went deeper than that of course because it always does so um, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you because it's been really working out for me. And I think we could all use a little bit more fun these days, you know? So, okay. Speaking of fun, I wrote the second part of Cornelius the Goat. Um, it has been a challenge and I'll talk a little bit more about that after I read the second part. Um, I have not gone back and reread what I wrote yesterday. So just bear with me on this one. Okay. All right. Cornelius to go part two. We continue to help the animals up the hill to the other barn. I wiped the rain from my face and tried to close the raincoat that had opened up with the wind. Now getting the chance to talk about what, 
Not getting the chance to talk about what I had done right away gave me the time to process how I wanted to approach the whole situation. Who is this Allie person anyway? I wasn't sure, but Alistair loved her so much, so I figured she was a good person. What would she say about what she saw? And what in the world did she mean by what she said? We made our way through the mud, slowing down with each step until we finally reached the house. I had no idea what time it was, and I couldn't look up to help me out. The gray clouds covered any clue in the sky. It's only 11, Allie said out of nowhere. Oh, I wasn't sure what to say. I guess I'll go wash up and go back to bed then. I took the raincoat off and hung it by the front porch. My boots were covered in mud and felt heavy as I plopped them to the ground. I stretched out my toes and enjoyed the lightness I felt as I walked across the living room. I let the water wash away all the mud and confusion off my body. body. The rain was still falling hard. I could hear it clanking on the metal roof of the barn. Bah! There it was again. Cornelius began to shout louder and louder until I couldn't hear him anymore. I wondered what his deal was. Curiosity got the best of me, and I went back out to the kitchen to see what Allie was up to. But before I made a full entrance, I stopped myself suddenly. There he was, Cornelius the goat, sitting at the dining table with Allie. A Nigerian dwarf goat, not much taller than 20 inches, he fit on one of the chairs perfectly. Listen, Cornelius, you have to stop. Please, for the love of all good things in this world, just stop it. Allie was pouring herself a cup of coffee. Matt, I've told you already, Allie. I can't stop, won't stop. Then he let out a soft, gentle bleat. Wow, I hadn't been going crazy. Allie could also talk to animals. There was a sense that things were about to get even more interesting. I'm sorry, Cornelius. I know you have all of your ideas that you're bringing to me. But if you couldn't tell, we are in the middle of one of the worst storms of this decade. He looked away from her. I don't have time to sit and write. She sat down at the table and put her head down. Cornelius began nibbling on her hair. Allie, just think about it. Isn't that the perfect setting for your next book? I stayed up the last two nights. I stayed up the last two nights perfecting it for you. It's glorious. It lights me up inside. Don't let this idea pass you by. Bah! He seemed so serious about this that it made it so comical. I let out a little giggle. He looked in my direction. Hey, I said quietly. I don't think I can fall asleep with the rain right now. What are you both up to? Allie sat up quickly and gave Cornelius a threatening look. Hi, we are just having a cup of coffee and trying to figure out what we need to do next. She kept her gaze at this adorable looking goat. He stared at me, then at her, then back at me. Oh, come on, he said quickly. I can't stop talking just because you have a guest. Allie looked mortified. Seriously, Isabel, there are pressing matters on this farm. Maybe you can knock some sense into this woman, Cornelius said as his little jaw moved side to side and he chewed on something. Um, okay. What was I supposed to say to any of that? Wait, you can understand him? Ellie stood up. Yes, I began to walk towards the table. I sort of talked to animals. That's how I brought Alistair home. Ugh, Alistair. He's so annoying, Cornelius said as he rolled his eyes. Ellie looked at him in disbelief. I grabbed a cup of coffee and poured the delicious smelling liquid. I didn't need to be drinking coffee past 11, but I felt like it was going to be a long night with Cornelius. That is awesome, Isabel. I've only, I've only ever met a handful of people who could talk to animals. Allie seemed really excited to finally be able to talk openly about this. We'll talk about your magical powers later. For tonight, maybe you can help me talk some science into Cornelius because I'm getting close to the point of rehoming him. His eyes widened. I beg your pardon, miss. Rehome me? That's a bit too far. He stuck his tongue out at her. 
I chuckled. He was adorable. His blue eyes pierced the air as he stared at Allie. All I wanted to do with him was hold him and pet his black and white fur, but he didn't seem to be in a cuddly sort of mood. Yes, rehome you. I can't take this anymore. Allie looked at me. You see, Cornelius is a special sort of goat, she hesitated. After waiting a minute or two for her to continue, I finally asked, what do you mean? Well, she was staring at him. Ugh, he said. I am a creative genius. Then he smiled with all of his crooked little teeth. I am here to help Allie write her books, which she does an amazing job when she actually writes. I get ideas from the ether and share them with her. Then she goes and writes. That's the relationship we've had for years. Until lately, she keeps ignoring me. He stomped his little hooves on the table. Okay, here we go again. Allie threw her hands in the air. Cornelius, I have told you and I will keep telling you that I cannot get up at three in the morning to write. I have a farm and a business to run. I just don't have the time for the frivolous writing. I could see what was going on here. The classic push and pull of the energy of creativity. It comes knocking at your door, or in this case, bleeding obnoxiously in your farm, demanding all of your attention. There's a pull to want to listen to it, to exchange energy with it. And yet there's the push. You deny it. You won't allow it to come any closer because you have a life that won't allow for it. They were stuck in that epic battle of the elusive creative genius. This was going to be a fun night. Okay, that was part two of Cornelius the Goat. Um, as it was funny as I was writing this, um, I literally imagined a goat sitting at my table and like, what would it say to me as I was trying to get the story written because everything that I keep trying to tell myself, I don't have time, I'm tired, um, I don't have the idea, it's not like fleshed out enough, like the reasons why I didn't want to sit and write. Um, I just imagined the goat like yelling at me about it. So that was particularly fun to write. But uh, it really did make me think about this relationship that we have with creativity and the ideas that come to us from out of nowhere and how often we tend to ignore them because our lives don't really fit that. And so I think that oftentimes we kind of don't look at it in the way that we could be looking at it, right? Um, I mean, not that I'm asking you to look at creativity like a tiny little goat, but <laughs> what if we did? What if instead of this kind of annoying little thing, it becomes this really annoying thing and we can't help but but to listen to it what if we put down all the excuses and actually sat down and wrote the stories or made the music or painted the picture and clearly I'm talking to myself here because um this is how I'm sharing my life with you right it's so often in my life I've had these amazing ideas that they kind of slip through my fingers and if I don't catch them they really just disappear or go somewhere else and so um the idea of cornelius the goat is just one hilarious to me and i've been loving doing a little bit of research on goats that's my favorite animal in the whole world i think they're so funny and so cool and so i just thought about it in that sense um yeah the next part will be a little bit more interesting i'll add a little bit more depth to it and just kind of I guess keep an eye out for your Cornelius. You know, when are you getting that nudge, that yelling, that goat yelling at you? Be like, hey, look over here. Pay attention to this. Do this. Um, explore this idea. Go this way. I think, yeah, I just, I think that 
we all have that Cornelius part of us. And as children, I say, I notice it now too. The adults just kind of hide him away. They put him in a barn far away where we can't hear him anymore. Wow, that got really deep, really fast. Um, but that's kind of where I'm going, I guess, with this story is as children, we tend to have this creative part of us and society tells us that it's not valued and it can't make any money or, you know, whatever we hear as kids or stop doing that because it's annoying. <laughs> um, we kind of just ignore that part of us. And I think, I think a lot of us as adults, especially if you have children, it reawakens in us because kids kind of bring that out and maybe that's why I love teaching so much and why I love working with kids and why I really want to try out this whole like coaching kids and parents together um, for my next workshop because I, I think I don't think we're going to be able to reawaken our creativity without the help of children and that sounds really weird to say out loud but there's there's something there that I'm trying to dig up and I'm just following it, right? It's like Cornelia's yelling at me like, hey, the children matter. It's about the children. And I'm like, okay, so I'm teaching again. That's cool. And then it's like, no, it's about all the children. And I'm like, okay, well, I have my children. And so kind of, <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm not, I'm fine. But really just this idea of listening to that part of ourselves that maybe we have shunned for a while, you know? And I think since 2019, I've, I've started listening to little bits of it and it's been four years almost of me kind of listening to this little voice and this part of me and listening to her and wow it's gotten me to all these places and now I'm here in situations that I never even thought possible and so I think I think it's worth it to listen to that voice so maybe that's my message for today is if you have that Cornelius bawling at you or bleeding at you, whatever it's called. Um, maybe slow down and just be like, hey, Cornelius, I hear you. I, I hear you. I may not be able to do the thing right away, but I can hear you loud and clear. I just see where that takes you. So I invite you to do that. And with that, I am done with today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope you are enjoying Cornelius. Please share these characters with someone that you love or that you know that could benefit from it. I'm having so much fun. Like I keep saying that over and over again, but I really am like, ah, this is just like super awesome. And I feel so good right now. So thank you for being here and sharing these moments with me. I am so excited to see where it all goes. Even if it doesn't go anywhere, I'm just excited to start my day with this kind of feeling. And I hope that it helps you have this sort of feeling for your day too. So thank you for being here and I will talk to you later. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Plata Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or just share it with a friend. I would greatly appreciate it. Bye.